Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hale. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Jonah. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that we've got a giveaway going on to celebrate our upcoming 100th episode. This is our 86th episode. So for the next few days, for about two weeks, you have an opportunity to to share a graphic that's out there on our Facebook page, and that will enter you to win a copy of IVP, InterVarsity Press's New Bible Commentary, which is the best single-volume commentary on the whole Bible. It's, It's an absolutely incredible resource that I would love to give to you, and IVP has graciously provided a copy for this giveaway. So you can go to our Facebook page and share it, and that will enter you. You can like our Facebook page, and that, I think, if I'm understanding the competition right, that enters you. You can go to Twitter or LinkedIn, all these different places you can find either through the new the Daily Devotion site or through my site. You can find the link to share and, uh, and get registered for that giveaway. It's, it's, a, it's worth doing uh, because this is a, a commentary that is absolutely worth having. So go share it while you're there. Like our page. Subscribe to our podcast. Like our podcast. Give us a good rating and reviews and all those things. And we'll continue to study God's Word together. With all that said, let's jump into Jonah. We're going to look at all of chapter 2 today, which is a bigger chunk than what we've been taking. But this section really goes together. So let me pray for us. And then we'll read this passage. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of Jonah. We thank you for the grace that you show him and for the reminder that that's who you are. We thank you for the picture of Christ that we have in Jonah, that he does come out in order to deliver the Ninevites through the proclamation of your word, even as Christ was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and came out to deliver his people through the proclamation of your word. Father, we pray that as we look at your word today, your spirit would be at work to strengthen us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Jonah chapter 2 says this, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Well, this is an interesting prayer when it's read in the context of the rest of the book. When we just take this prayer uh, for for what it says and and read it just as it stands there in chapter 2, it's an incredible prayer of confession. It's Jonah admitting, like, yeah, 
I was done. I had messed up. I had sought to, to flee from the presence of the Lord, and, and now I find myself away from his presence forever. Verse 4, then I said, I am driven away from your sight. I mean, this was the thing that he was desiring to do, and now he finds himself there. There's all this language of Sheol and into the deep and the pit. I mean, Jonah sees himself as having been cast off utterly, forgotten, left, forsaken. He's done. He went down to the land whose bars closed up on me forever. This is what Jonah sees as the result as he prays. He admits his absolutely desperate situation. And there's nothing he can do at this point. He's done. He sought to go away from God. And, and all through Jonah, there's been this, this language of, of going down. He, he got a, a ship. He wanted to go. He went down to Joppa to get on a ship. And then he went down into the ship. And I mean, there, there's just this kind of constant movement downward. And it continues here to the very depths of Sheol. Until we get partway through verse 6, and then things seem to reverse. Because God shows him grace. Yet, you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. And then the, the prayer continues, and it's this reminder that God is a God who delivers. That those who seek him, he delivers. But those who seek idols have to wait for that idol to deliver them. And that is a long wait that never happens because the idols can't deliver. Because as we see throughout the Old Testament, the, the idols made of wood and stone and metal, they're, they're mute idols. They're powerless idols. They're, they're impotent. They can accomplish nothing. So Jonah rightly confesses in verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. If, if we turn to that which can do nothing, if we turn to that which is nothing, then there is no hope of steadfast love. But if we turn to Yahweh, as Jonah says he did here, then the one whose steadfast love endures forever remembers us. The one whose mercy is new every morning shows mercy to us. The one who is gracious and compassionate shows grace and compassion to us. And so Jonah says he calls out with thanksgiving. He says he will worship God just as the sailors had done. He'll, he'll sacrifice to God. He'll, he'll, he'll pay the vows. Why? Because salvation belongs to the Lord. Here at the end is this confession that Doug Stewart says that this may be foreshadowing the fact that, yes, no, it is God's prerogative for him to save Nineveh. Salvation belongs to him, not to us, not to, to us for ourselves, not to us as, as ministers or, or Jonah as a prophet for other people. It belongs to Yahweh. It is his prerogative. Who and how and why and when he saves. 
Salvation is God's. It is Yahweh's. And it seems that Jonah is now getting that. He sought to flee from the presence of Yahweh because he didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach. But now, through this series of hard providences that God has brought into Jonah's life, this storm, now this fish that has taken him to the depths of Sheol, Jonah understands salvation isn't mine, it's Yahweh's. It belongs to him. He is the one who will save to the uttermost. What's interesting about this prayer is when we, when we read it as it stands and in light of what has happened in the book of Jonah, it seems like Jonah has, the, the gospel's clicked for him. He's, he's gotten it. Uh, he understands now. This is who Yahweh is, and it's a good thing that this is who he is. But the interesting thing about this prayer is that as we go through the rest of the book of Jonah, we're going to see that maybe, maybe he didn't quite get it. Because he ends still frustrated that God would save the Ninevites. He, he ends... This story ends with Jonah frustrated that God would pity Nineveh. So on the one hand here, he's confessing salvation belongs to the Lord. But by the end of the story, we're left again wondering, but but does he really get that? Does he get that? Salvation belongs to the Lord, not only in the sense that it's the Lord who delivered him from death in this particular situation, but in the sense that it's it's Yahweh's prerogative who he saves. That he will have mercy on who he has mercy. That he is the sovereign. See, Jonah's story has this kind of back and forth to it. Where on the one hand, we hear these words from Jonah that that remind us of great truths. But on the other hand, we're reminded that he does in fact struggle with the reality of God's mercy to sinners just like you and I do. And so when we read this prayer in the context of the whole book of Jonah, it forces us once again to ask this question. If I'm okay with God saving me, if I can recognize that for me salvation belongs to the Lord and that I'm only an object of His grace, then on what grounds would I hesitate to say that for anyone else? On what grounds would I hesitate to see that grace extended to another? See, that's the reality with which we live in, where we can identify with Jonah, where he becomes this sympathetic character, is on the one hand, we are often very ready to admit that we are nothing but objects of God's grace, that we did nothing to deserve his salvation that he has given us, that he snatched us from the pit. But 
we must admit at times we are reticent to see that grace extended to certain others. The book of Jonah reminds us that this attitude too is sinful and destructive. And when we proclaim, as Jonah does, salvation belongs to the Lord, we're proclaiming not only was it his prerogative to save me, but it's his prerogative to save whoever he wants. And we should celebrate that. So let's do that. Let's celebrate the grace of God for the vilest of sinners, ourselves included. Let's rejoice at his grace. Amen.